Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This one is in the books. Missouri snaps a five-game losing streak this season as they beat Vanderbilt 26-17. to Hallelujah. 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 Get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Sam! Touchdown, Missouri! This is the Mazad Cat. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. With me, as always, is Tucker McCann, sports psychologist, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not joining us tonight is Brian Goers, who came down with a mean case of hookworm. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Joining us, though, tonight is uh, Brian's dog, who I have agreed to watch while Brian uh, recuperates. Well, I'm sure the dog will actually make it as many uh, contributions to the show as Brian typically does. And certainly more positive ones. Well, though I don't know if the dog will give us an update on Western Tennessee's record or Eastern Michigan's record or... Yeah, their third down conversion rate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if the dog makes a duke in my carpet... (laughs) If it shits in your floor, then it is... More positive than Brian. Well, basically doing what Brian does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, let's get to the game. The Tigers... Won an SEC game this weekend. Mazel tov. Yeah, so it's Saturday night, and we are celebrating the Tigers' first SEC win in the 2016 season against Vanderbilt. It's inexplicable. I I never really considered this possible outcome. You know what I mean? Like, I said we'd be doing the same thing we've been doing for the past uh, four or five weeks, whatever it is now. Uh, it's actually been 13 months since we've had well, an SEC, an SEC win. win, but a win in, in general. And I just mm-hmm. thought I, I'm almost at a loss for words. I, we can talk about the game. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. lots of things to talk about, but I don't, you know, I didn't think up any adjectives to describe a win. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's sort of weird. I'm used to uh, I'm used to listening to the Price is Right sadness music whenever we talk about the outcome yeah. of a Tiger game. Yeah. No. But uh, and then another thing I was worried about was Kansas was playing one and eight Iowa State, so there was real possibility that we could be recording this Saturday evening with Missouri having a worse record than Kansas. Yeah, and that would be bad. Well, not a worse record, a tied record. <laughs> yeah, I guess but, that's true, right? You know, glass half full. But uh, no, you came away with a twenty-six to seventeen win, and like I said. We beat Vanderbilt, and it was a frustrating game. Yeah, there was ample opportunities for us to fritter away this win Mm -hmm. or to put it away soundly. We we had both of those options on the table multiple times at this game. 
And thank God we didn't really do either. Right. We didn't lose, but we certainly didn't put it away the way we would hope. But we did win. We did. two Not a two touchdown, but a two-score win, as a matter of fact. So we actually left the stadium, and we weren't just biting our fingernails uh, until the last few minutes like we did against Georgia. So, yeah, the game started out slow, a lot of punting mm-hmm. uh, to start the game. but uh, then We Missouri, broke out to a, what, 19 to nothing Yeah, lead. then we, we kind of took off. The offense looked to be moving the ball well. We Crockett. took advantage of some mistakes by Vanderbilt. That should be said, obviously. Yeah, Crockett looked good. We had a defensive score by Arion Penton. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the defense gave up too many yards, too many passing yards for sure to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the uh, secondary again looked a little shaky. Scary. Yeah. yeah, but um, the defensive front suddenly D-line zoo is returned. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like crazy. You know, they – we can argue whether it was the players or the scheme, but I think it's pretty obvious right now what it was. Mm-hmm. It was the scheme. Nate Howard suddenly has a place on this team again. I haven't seen him all season, and now he's in the game sacking people. Mm-hmm. And it's what's so frustrating about that scheme and the, the choices they made for this defense is you've got a talent like that who doesn't fit right. in what they were doing before, obviously, and now he does suddenly fit again, and he's a contrib- you know, he's contributing on the field, and it's beautiful. Yep. And then a guy like Charles Harris, who we had so much hope for going into the season, two and a half sacks, eight tackles, three for a loss, yeah. forced a fumble. He looks again like a first-round pick. Nobody's happier about this this change than uh, Charles Harris because he, he had been anonymous mm-hmm. when they went to this new fangled read-react fit gap bullshit that they had mm-hmm. tried to shove down the players' throats. Yeah. And, and so uh, – they, there were times, obviously, where Vanderbilt did move the ball well, but in, by the fourth quarter, I think Vanderbilt had negative 14 yards on, in that quarter. They punted three times, and we put it away to some degree. And then I think the real frustration, obviously, came in their kicking game. Sure. And that has to go uh, – we have to mention the fact that Tucker McCann looked well, – he probably had one of the worst performances <laughs> in college football <laughs> he history. He did. It was As a hot kicker. garbage. It was yeah. hot garbage. Hot garbage. It was as hot garbage as any performance has ever been hot mm. garbage. It it was lousy. I think he missed two extra point attempts, two, two three. field goals. It's, it's hard to keep track. He, I know he, he missed, missed so many kicks. Yeah, I know he missed at least four kicks, and totally. one of them was a fifty-five yard field goal attempt. Which you know, why are you even trying that with yeah. this kid at this point? Well, and it was well short. I know. I think he he kicked a plus sixty yard plus kick in high school. This didn't even come close. And mm-hmm. for the first second, I was a little worried there was going to be a kick six situation like uh, the Iron Bowl a couple of years ago because they did catch it and start to return it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they marched him out there. And I think another frustrating thing for me was some of the coaching decisions. Sure. And uh, some of those revolved around Tucker McCann. Others revolved around just the hurry-up offense, which you mentioned time and time again, where, you know, sometimes it doesn't need to be done. Sometimes well, it, it – it hinders you more than it helps you. Well, you know, driving here to do the podcast, I again got the opportunity to listen to the post game show on the radio, and Curtis Gregory was echoing my sentiments from last week, saying, "You know, why are we have to run this mm-hmm. all the time? It's really, you know, you turn it on, you turn it off, especially late in the game when you've got a lead, and you're trying to burn clock." Yeah, we had the ball with five minutes to go. We had driven a little bit. We were inside Vanderbilt territory, but we were stopped, and it was coming up on fourth down. You know, we. We ended up hurrying up like we always do, giving Vanderbilt the ball back. We had a penalty and got the snap off with like 25 seconds left on the clock. And I'm thinking, why? 
Why are we snapping the ball with 25 seconds left on the play clock? It is inexplicable. And and, and, and it causes us to have a lot of penalties. And we, we lined up a couple of times where we snapped the ball before everyone was set. And it caused us to move backwards. And I think that, that's 100% because of the hurry-up offense. Mm-hmm. And especially when you got a two-score lead and the clock is your friend. Yep. Turn it off. Yep. You know? Wait. Snap that's the what, ball that's with what two seconds they, just, they don't seem to have an off switch for it. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, the, the people talk about situational football. When it comes to our offense, we don't have situational football. There's not a – our playbook isn't broken down into sections where this is the two-minute offense and this is your – as a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast base package and this is it we it just says hurry the fuck up that's the whole playbook mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be any portion of our playbook that is anything but and it's frustrating mm-hmm. um obviously we mentioned earlier that this this could have been we could have really won this game handily mm-hmm. we um, left a lot of points on the board yes so you know Jamon Moore had a decent game oh um, i think it was i think you have to say it was better than decent he had like 138 yards receiving touchdown catch two touchdown catches he had two touchdown catches, but he also had two drops that mm-hmm. both may have been I – mean, he should have had four touchdowns tonight. Uh, Drew Locke put – I mean, one of them, he went up to catch a ball in the air at like the four-yard line. He didn't come down with it. It was a high throw, but he had his hands on it, just flat-out dropped it. He really could have backpedaled into the end zone. Another one was on a slant um, that went right through his hands. He had beaten his player. He would have had to beat the safety, but it was absolutely conceivable. And he just flat out dropped it. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, Mason. It looked like he's getting in his head a little bit. He was dropping everything. He dropped a sure touchdown pass tonight. Yeah. He had a, he would have run for days if he would have caught that little slant. Mm-hmm. And um, it was well placed. I saw Floyd drop one. It was frustrating because at least three of those drops to me probably equaled points. Right. Well, I want to go back to the, the hurry up offense a little bit because the other point that it really hurt us leads into my other frustrating with coaching decisions. We had two chances where we were within the Vanderbilt five yard line. One of them, we, we had Tucker McCann go on for a 22 yard kick, which he missed and <laughs> he had been missing a lot of kicks. And there were, you know, the crowd was kind of groaning because it was, I think, fourth and goal from the four mm-hmm. and they just wanted us to go for it. And the reason I think that would have been a good call is because if you miss the field goal, they put the ball back on the 20 for Vanderbilt. If you miss the fourth down attempt going for it, you know, you get worst case scenario, you're pinned in, yeah, you're pinning Vanderbilt a inside That's the two five. points yeah. <laughs> better than the, you're pinning yeah, no. Vanderbilt inside the five. And so anyway, that was one instance. And then the second time where we didn't get any points out of being inside the four yard line, it's third and one. We put Augusta in for the jumbo yeah, package. This, to me, was probably the most frustrating coaching decision of the night. You well, bring in the jumbo package. You got three tight ends in. You bring in 
your defensive tackle who's 370 pounds, you're you're going jumbo. You're going to jam it into the the end zone. So you pull the everybody who's on the roster who is big and strong and physical, and then you bring Ishwitter in. Right. And so Ishwitter picks up the first down, and it looks very close to him getting a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it probably could have been reviewed. Didn't immediately get reviewed, but it should have been. So instead of giving the officials time to look at it and maybe pull the trigger and say, we're going to review this call. Well, they call, actually did. I mean, kind of. I mean, the, the the offense was obviously looking to the sideline going, review, review, review. And then the clock's running out. No review comes. And they got to hurry up to the line and try to run a play. I think it was worth calling a timeout to, in order to maybe get the review because from the stadium, it looked like a touchdown. Now, upon further review on television, it looked like he probably had a knee down. Yeah, I'd say on, on I watched the television broadcast, and it you know it, it was pretty clear that he got a knee down. But at the same time, it's that's that's a big play, right? But what leads you need to review that. What happens next, though, is they get back to the line in a hurry because they're always in a fucking hurry, and they run a they're well, they're going to run a play probably to Augusta, but Ishwater still in the game, bad mm-hmm. decision. Run Crockett, who had a great game, like 150 yards rushing, not even on the field mm-hmm. because I think they just decided this is Ishwater's uh, sequence. Yeah, this, this is his, his series. This is his series. Drew Lock fumbles the snap. We give up the ball on the one-yard line. We come away with zero points. Well, and that's, Just poorly coached, poorly executed from the entire That goes go. back to situational football that we've discussed. The offense doesn't seem to have any interest in. You know what I mean? Like you, you never turn off the high, the high intensity, the, the quick pace offense. You bring in the jumbo package, and you bring in a back who you know gets knocked over by a baby farting. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got this – big fucking running back hammer named Crockett who runs through people routinely. Why would you bring in this jumbos package and then bring in the one guy who has more than showed you he can't move a pile, Mm -hmm. who cannot push? Ish has had a better season than I would have expected at this point. He's had some decent games, Mm -hmm. but he is not good. He is mediocre at best. And and he's a scat back that we run like he's fucking Herschel Walker. Yeah, and after... The game, they were interviewing the football, the, the running backs coach, and they just cannot heap enough praise on Ish Witter. I don't know what Ish Witter has done to this coaching staff to garner such loyalty. I mean, these guys will not stop talking about Ish Witter. And I sometimes I feel like it's overcompensation because mm-hmm. they know he's not very good and they know they got to keep throwing him out there. So they, of course, they've got to talk him up. They've got to justify this piss poor decision. And if you're Alex Ross right now, how fucking mad are you? You yeah. came here to play running back. You get injured like at the first game, and you don't even get to sniff running back again, and you got to watch Ish Witter. You know, and a lot of times Ish Witter, when he's having these big plays, is running through big holes. Right. So my conclusion is is that you put someone more talented in that hole, that's five more yards. It's ten more yards. It's a touchdown. Who knows what you get out of it? Because if Ish Witter can make something out of it, and he's bad. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so frustrating. And I don't know what his average ended up being, but I think at halftime – Crockett was running like 9.1 yards per carry, and we run Ishwitter, Ishwitter, Ishwitter. It, it is mind-boggling, and it's one of those things that you just don't understand why it, it doesn't change. I mean, everybody in the stands just groans every time you see number 20 on the field, and or 21, whatever he is, and then, you know, you, you can go look up Ishwitter Twitter. There's not a lot of praise for him. Well, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, and... I just can't understand it at all. I mean, it, they keep telling us what a great blocker he is. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a great blocker. He picks up a block. And he did. Like, on that Blanton touchdown in South Carolina last week, Drew Locke got a half a second more to throw that touchdown pass because 
Ishwitter picked up a nice block. Mm-hmm. But if if you're having to tell me what a great blocker he is all the time to justify his presence on the football field, then he probably shouldn't be on the football field because why blocking as a running back is an important part of your game, it's not your primary function. Mm-hmm. Your primary function is to run the fucking football, and he's not that good at that part of it. Right. I mean, if you want somebody that's going to just sit in the backfield and block and not be able to run, just put a fullback in. Yeah. So let's switch to some of the good things that happened. We mentioned that uh, Arion Penton had a pick six. He, he intercepted Vanderbilt, I think, on the 19-yard line, ran it in for a touchdown. That was a key score for the Tigers early. Uh, we had another interception. We had two for the day. And then I think really impressive, you mentioned early a little bit about the scheme change, six sacks on the day for the Tigers. Yeah, it's. I don't think there's a bigger indictment uh, this season of – DeMonte Cross and his defensive philosophy than this game. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, DeMonte, is DeMonte Cross going to be here next year? I, you know what? I don't think you bring him back. I really don't. I think when you've got your head coach taking over the play calling two thirds of the way through the season, it's not a good sign. For well, your, this is obviously not the scheme that he's comfortable running. Mm-hmm. So is he going to try to coach Odom and going to try to make him fit this scheme? Or is he going to, God forbid, try to change us again in the off season or are we going to get rid of him i where does demonte cross fit because the only way i mean good god you have to keep doing this scheme if i'll tell you this if they go into next season trying to do this read and react fit the gap scheme again i'll be calling for fucking barry odom's head because mm. it's you know jesus christ fool me once shame on yeah you know but this is crazy so is he gonna is demonte cross know this defense well enough can he coach this defense does he want to coach this defense it's not his so i don't know like i said it's a huge indictment of of cross mm-hmm. in my opinion that that we had six sacks tonight and not only just six sacks we had tons of hurries lots of pressures i mean we were in the backfield a lot drew lock looked okay he had a beautiful 82 yard uh strike to strike to jamon moore who caught it in stride and ran it the rest of the way the throw he made to jonathan johnson tonight mm-hmm. in stride was as pretty a pass as you're going to see a college quarterback make. It was a great catch by Johnson, too. As well, it, yes, it was, absolutely. It was a good play all the way around, and it's the kind of thing I think we expected a lot more of coming right. into this season. The thing I liked about that play was that it took some really good hands to haul that pass in. Mm-hmm. It was very catchable ball, no, listen. but it was tough. And it was the first time I'd seen in a long time that we caught a pass that required good hands. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I truly believe this. That is That pass goes to Jamon Moore. That catch is not made. Oh, I agree. Jamon Moore's skill is clearly his speed mm-hmm. because he's once he has the ball in his hands, he's a diff- he's a big receiver, he's a fast receiver, he's a difficult guy to handle. But boy, getting the ball, getting him to catch that goddamn thing is a is a crapshoot. And he did. He also recovered a fumble that Crockett uh, coughed up at yeah, one point in the God. game, which was a huge play. So you got to give him credit for that because he jumped right on top of it, but he was there. So, well, I think a sign for optimism tonight is that obviously Drew Locke is uh, likes Mason. Mason's really fast. He's a burner as is Johnson. And these two guys are, I think are both freshmen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those, yeah, the, yeah. you know, Drew Locke's a sophomore and a two freshmen on the outside that look pretty good right now. I mean, you're, you may be looking at the future of this offense right now. The other thing I think. And was, Blanton's young. So there's your mm-hmm. tight end. Yeah. The other thing I think was a positive was there were at times Locke surveyed the entire field. Yeah. He was going through progressions. He had a lot of time. There was a couple of different plays this game where he was looking, surveying the field for a long time. The offensive line was really holding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good because, you know, to this point, part of this hurry up has, you know, this has been predicated on the fact to protect an offensive line that maybe they didn't think was ready, a little young, a little unseasoned, but they did a good job tonight. 
Mm-hmm. I think uh, Drew Locke was only sacked one time. Yeah, no, it was all in all. I mean, it was a win. It was we're three wins on the season now. We're at three and seven, but we got off the schneid. We were dangerously close to tying a team record in history of consecutive conference losses. That is now snapped. I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season, but you know, it's not the historically, but we were sitting on two wins for an awful long time. That would be a hell of a way to end the season. So congratulations, you know, I mean, it, the win was well-deserved and it was, like I said, frustrating at times, but God, it felt good to walk out of that stadium with a victory. I mean, people were singing there. You could tell there's a sense of relief from the fans that were there Yeah, that, that we came away with the win. So next week, you know, we have a very tough game. We have to go to Tennessee. We end the season against Arkansas, who's as schizophrenic as anybody playing LSU tonight. But, uh, you know, I think the team's got to just be just like after South Carolina. There's there's reasons to be optimistic. The yeah. offense moved the ball tonight against what has been a very good Vanderbilt defense and, and for the entire season. I'll say this, too. I was mentioning to somebody tonight that uh, we had a better record. We're, we finished up with a better record last year than what we're going to have this year, probably. But we had more signs of life throughout the season this year. Oh, without question. Than we did last year. When's the last time we had 400 yards? When did we have 400 yards of offense mm-hmm. in any game last year? Right. In a conference game is at that. So The defense is putting on more pressure. you got to feel like the secondary is playing a little down right now. If they pick it up in Knoxville... The defense continues to put on pressure. The offense continues to be able to move the ball. I mean, listen, I'm not predicting a Mizzou victory. You'd be mm-hmm. foolish to do so. But I do feel like there's a chance. And I wouldn't have told you that two weeks ago. I'd say there's no mm-hmm. chance. But I feel like there's a chance. And nothing, nothing in this world would be sweeter than beating Tennessee at Tennessee. Nothing. Yeah. Let's just savor the moment for tonight, I guess. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be back with uh, Kansas News and more Tiger football. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Like a hand job with Icy Hot, the Mazat Cast. Well, we're back, folks, and we're going to get to Kansas news and a few other things, but we are fortunate enough to get Barry Odom on the line with us quickly after the game to talk a little bit about the first SEC win for Coach Odom and the Tigers this season. Coach, thanks for joining us. Hey, boys, thanks for having me. So we uh, pulled out a 26-17 win against Vanderbilt, but there were some Frustrating things that happened, uh, notably Tucker McCann, the kicker, missed several kicks, extra points as well as field goals. Coach, what's your thoughts on Tucker McCann, his his mindset right now, and what we're going to do going forward with the kicking game? Well, boys, hell, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm having real trouble trying to figure out what this kid's motivations are. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult situation. Tucker's working as hard as he can. You know, he's... He's, he's just he's just going through some things right now, and I I don't know I don't know. We're gonna work on it. We're gonna keep working on it. I know Tucker's gonna work on it. He's gonna he's not gonna stop. You know he's gonna he's gonna keep at it. He's a tiger, and we just we just gotta have faith that you know he'll pull his head straight out of his ass. All right. Well, I know that you said after the game that 
next week would be open competition for that kicking spot. Do you foresee him being back on the field next week? Well, I mean, that's up to him, isn't it? I mean, you know, if he's a, if he, you know, get to the fucking uprights, and by God, he'll be out there. And if he can't, well, then he'll ride the pine. All right, Coach. Well, one thing I had to ask you about, too, is the defense looked pretty strong. We were looking really aggressive on the line, and I know that yeah, you Yeah, them boys t- got after I know that you've taken over the uh, play-calling duties, and I, I just had to wonder, what is Coach Monte Cross's role on this team if he's not calling defensive plays? Well, listen, fellas, I mean, DeMonte's got a role on this football team. I mean, they're, you know, you know, I've, I've taken over the defense, and obviously that's working out for us. But, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're always going to need towel boys, and we're always going to need, you know, guys to spray Gatorade in the mouth of players as they come off the field. I mean, there's always going to be something for DeMonte to do, a role for him to fill. I mean, so, you know, listen, I mean, it's sometimes the game gets cold or warm, as it were, during the game, and I take my jacket off or need somebody to go run in the locker room and grab me a jacket. You know, DeMonte's more capable. So, I mean, there's a role for him somewhere in this, this, this football program. We'll find it. All right, Coach. I noticed after the game you were demonstrably excited getting your first SEC yeah, going under your belt. What's, what's, your, right. what's your plan for the rest of this evening? How are you going to celebrate? Hey, you know, we're – you know that's that's why I'm a little hurried tonight. I mean, I want to get home, celebrate with the, with the family, you know, uh, celebrate with the wife, give her the old <laughs> Oklahoma eight, as I like to call it. You know, leave the old trail of tears on her belly. You know what I'm talking good, about. Good lord, coach. <laughs> hey man, it's a win, and I feel I'm feeling you know energized, so uh, I'm ready to roll. I, you know, I, so I don't want to get personal with Oklahoma eight. Seems awful. Hey Barry, hey listen, Barry Odom's got packing downstairs. I mean, listen, I don't even worry about birth control. You know. When I, want, when I don't want to have kids, I just fold that thing over and leave the squirting end out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the science behind that, but it seems unlikely. <laughs> but uh, got Tennessee next week. You're going to be at Tennessee. Knoxville is always a hard place to play. What, what's your game plan for taking on the volunteers? How you come you expect to come out of there with a win? Well, we're just going to keep trying to play solid defense, move that football, you know, and, uh, you know, our best chance is just, you know, Butch Jones is Butch Jones, and he – he, he coaches him to a loss. You know, that seems to be his long suit, and uh, we're going to kind of hope that that happens. You know, we're going to do what we do and hope Butch Jones will do what he does. And so, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance there down in Knoxville. What but, about uh, Josh Dobbs? He's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He's tough to contain. Well, he is. He's, he, he presents a lot of problems, but I think people forget that he's also a terrible quarterback, and, you know, that, that, that works in our favor. So, you know, we're we're hoping to keep him under wraps. I mean, but uh, you know, hopefully he's kinda like he kinda like his coach in, in Butch Jones. He he's his own worst enemy and uh we expect him to, to be terrible because, you know, that's what he is and you know, hell boy you know, if if we can't beat a guy without eyebrows, you know, we got some real work to do. Last thing I wanna ask you about before I let you get to celebrating is uh, the running game. Demario Crockett, our freshman running back, has really come on and looks really good. But despite that, we still see a lot of snaps to Ish Witter, who's much smaller back, hasn't had the same level of success. And there are times in short yardage situations where a lot of fans scratch their head why Ish Witter's getting that ball. Well, listen, uh, you know, uh, Ish is doing great, and he's a reliable back, and he, he blocks well, and he does all things we ask him to do. He also has photos of me in compromising positions that I, uh, you know, has been promised that will be returned to me as long as he gets his carry. So we're going to, we're going to keep running him out there and uh, hopefully I get those photos back and we don't have to watch him play football. All right, coach. Thanks for joining us and congratulations. Yeah, thanks, boys. I got to get going. Thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> have a good one, coach. Drink us a stag. M-I-Z. Z-O-U.
Well, there you have it, Colin. Uh, Barry sounded very uh, positive after the big win. Yeah, he's a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, always is. It always always gives you kind of – it's enlightening to know. I mean, the Ishwitter thing makes so much more sense now. Yeah, I'm glad we always ask him these things because uh, nobody else is going to. No. Why don't we get on to other business that's very important for the night? Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story for the day. Kansas man going to trial for starting fire while making explosives. Shocking. Hutchinson, Kansas, a Kansas man arrested by police in June after a fire and explosion at the Plaza Towers building in Hutchinson will face arraignment this November. Chase Coble, age 22, faces trials for three counts of aggravated arson with substantial risk of great bodily harm and two counts of criminal use of explosives. The first three counts are level three felonies with a maximum sentence on each count of 20 plus years in prison. Police say Coble was experimenting with toxic volatile chemicals to make black powder to use in explosives when it got out of hand. The fire and explosion caused significant damage to the apartment on the 12th floor of the towers building and also some damage to the apartment below. It says they were making black powder, but I have to think meth was the real... Yeah, maybe. I'm shocked he wasn't killed by his own uh, poor chemistry. Mm. But uh, yeah, average Kansas resident doing average Kansas resident things. Convicted killer to be paroled by Kansas for seventh time. (laughs) They do not want this guy in jail. Winfield, Kansas, a man convicted of a 1981 Douglas County killing is set to be released from prison for the seventh time. The Kansas Prisoner Review Board recently decided to parole 57-year-old L.V. Larks once the Kansas Department of Corrections approves the plan. Larks was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison for second-degree murder in the fatal shooting of 25-year-old Terry Brown. Prison records show Larks was released six times between 1992 and 2009. Four of those times were on parole and two others were a post-release supervision. Larks was returned to custody each time for violating mandatory rules. Well, you know what they say, Brennan, seventh time's a charm. <laughs> I guess so. In Kansas, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of they they can't count. Yeah. And so they don't know it's the seventh time. It doesn't seem like a high number to them. I don't. I just don't think murder carries as much weight in Kansas as it does mm-hmm. in most states. Well, in the certainly union. if you met murder a Kansan, it's really not as big of a crime. Yeah, it's kind of like shooting a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Feds say no criminal charges in Kansas green elevator explosion. <laughs> So another. It seems this like is a this is a high risk in Kansas. This yeah. is this is something that a lot of folks deal with and die like, from in Kansas. I feel like Kansas stories always end up having a theme, and explosions seem to be the theme mm. this week. Yep. Federal prosecutors say there's not sufficient evidence to charge the owner of a Northeast Kansas grain elevator where an explosion killed six people and injured two others. U.S. Attorney Tom Beal said in a statement Thursday his office had closed an inquiry about the explosion at the Bartlett Grain Company elevator in Atchison, about 50 miles northwest of Kansas City. Kansas investigators previously determined the grain dust explosion was accidental. An announcement does not dismiss pending enforcement actions by OSHA, which has said the deaths could have been prevented had operators addressed known industry hazards. The explosion killed three Bartlett employees as well as two grain inspectors. Well, like I said, if you're live in Kansas, dying in a grain elevator explosion is just kind of like it's a 50-50 proposition. The next story I have for you isn't really news per se, Colin, but I think it's important as the fall season comes upon us and the leaves are turning and people are thinking of pumpkins and Thanksgiving festivals. 
there's a little article I came across that said 40 things to do in Kansas this fall. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not going to go over each all 40 of them, as exciting as I'm sure that they all are. But there are some that caught my eye, and I thought you might be interested if Absolutely. you want to take a little family weekend yeah, trip. the family and the kids, it's holidays. I mean, we're always looking for things to do. The first one seems pretty obvious, and it's a typical Kansas type of thing. It says, ingest deep-fried delicacies at the Kansas State Fair. Mm, sure. And when the Kansas say, State Fair is not anywhere near Thanksgiving, though. No, I know, but it says fall, so I don't fuck if I know. <laughs> so next summer... For your fall fall celebration, (laughs) Mm -hmm. eat fried food. Yeah, well, or as Kansas calls it, food. Uh, (laughs) The other thing I thought you might be interested in is drive through a 400-mile garage sale. Jesus Christ. If you're a garage sale aficionado. Is that how long Kansas is? (laughs) Because I feel like that's pretty much... It's just one big garage sale. If you're an aficionado, this is for you. The annual Highway 36 treasure hunt runs along Highway 36, mostly parallel to the Nebraska border in North Kansas. More than 35 towns participate in the treasure hunt, and you are encouraged to just drive along the highway through the towns, peruse the pickings. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you short on bed bugs? We've got them. (laughs) Of course, you can always celebrate all things Wizard of Oz. It says, while most... Kansas are irked at the references to Wizard of Oz. The good folks of Wamingo relish the Kansas ties to the L. Frank Baum classic so much that every fall it hosts an Oztoberfest. You can expect costume contests, live entertainment, themed food, beer garden, themed wines from Kansas wineries, which I'm sure those are great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're known for can you wine. make wine out of wheat? Well, I think it's prairie dog blood <laughs> curdled. <laughs> so they have special guests such as... Uh, Jane Lar, daughter of Bert Lar, who played the Cowardly Lion in the movie. Wow. Big get. <laughs> Big get. your autograph book for Eddie, folks. Yeah, no doubt. You can also watch pumpkins splat after being dropped out of planes. Sure. Who doesn't love that? Stearman Field has its annual pumpkin drop, and at 2 p.m., pilots uh, drop pumpkins from their airplanes over an airstrip. And, and every year, a few Kansans die. But mm-hmm. again, if you're going to live in Kansas, grain elevator explosions, killed by a pumpkin from a plane, those are all part and parcel. Well, and it's all worth it to uh, to win the competition. I mean, sure. you know, there's cost to everything. Uh, here's, here's a big one. <laughs> Tour the outhouse capital of Kansas. Which is? Well, it's hot competition. I was going to say, primary, where is that at? Primary form of plumbing. <laughs> did you know, Colin, that Elk Falls is called the outhouse capital of Kansas? I did not know that. Every year the town puts on an outhouse tour. I would have guessed Lawrence. Uh-huh. Admission is, uh, it's pretty pricey for Kansans, $1. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a commemorative outhouse button, mm. and the admission price gets you the right to vote on your favorite outhouse. Do you get to use the outhouses? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I mean, they, a lot of them just shit their pants. So. <laughs> uh, this Now, the next part I'm going to tell you is interesting to me because it's, it's called Uniquely Kansas. These are okay. events that are unique to the state of Kansas. It seems like pretty much to this point... Everything's been pretty uniquely Kansas, but okay. Here's something that is uniquely Kansas, according to this article. Walk under the full moon. <laughs> that is, yeah, where else can you see a full moon? Yeah. Like Kansas. The Great Plains, and also these are the top things to do in Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, Great Plains Nature Center hosts guided full moon walks in Wichita. Every guided, month. even? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you just look up, fella. The moon's there. People wandering around. Where's my God? I Where's can't find the moon? The moon? <laughs> Flashlight-free hikes are a perfect chance to experience nocturnal wildlife in their natural habitat, mm. i.e. prairie dogs. Yeah. Kayak the Kansas River. That is some beauty. <laughs> wow. The beautiful tree leaf colors are one of the highlights of autumn. So what better, what better way to experience those colors than by taking a float trip down the Kansas River to see the tree? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the leaves change on Kansas's one tree. At, <laughs> at some places... 
uh, such as Tuttle Creek State Park, having a kayak isn't even necessary. They rent kayaks. Wow. They, Wowzers. They got everything there. I just assumed it was all like tire inner tubes. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing to do. You can see beautiful Kansas churches. Yeah, there's plenty of those. Uh-huh. For the architecture buffs out there and for the religious, Kansas Place hosts to many gorgeous churches, especially in the rural areas. Mm, shocking. Uh-huh. You can ride a steam locomotive. The reason I bring that up is it is the uh, most high-tech form of transportation in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's their subway. Uh, you can. This is uniquely Kansas, keep in mind. Watch the birds. <laughs> you can't do that anywhere else. You can, sure, you can watch birds anytime. But oh, you, you can? Okay. Well, <laughs> but if you want some company, the Wichita Audubon Society sponsors a bird walk the second Saturday of the month of November. Mm, wow. That's so, pretty pretty exciting. It says, bring your binoculars and a sense of curiosity mm, about what both. birds look like. <laughs> um, and then here, this is also uniquely Kansas. Plan a trip to Worlds of Fun, which is in Missouri. <laughs> One of the top things to do in Kansas Involves leaving the state of <laughs> to Kansas. Point, it's certainly the only thing I can imagine packing up my kid <laughs> to, to do in this list. It said it's the most popular attraction in this adrenaline pumping theme park is near Wichita. <laughs> yeah, don't mention where it's at. Don't mention where it's at. Here's another thing to do that's uniquely, uniquely Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, tailgate at Kansas City Chiefs football game again. Again, in Missouri. Well inside the Missouri border. Yeah, uh, eat some Kansas City barbecue uh, in Missouri mostly. Yeah. Um, this one I like. Explore the rugged terrain of Northwest Kansas. Yeah. If you're up for a bit of a drive, Northwest Kansas offers some rocky terrain and some great hiking. Yeah, so there's, you know, it's rocks. obviously flat, but there are rocks occasionally. Every few feet, you'll see a rock, maybe. The final thing on this list is especially important because it's probably the most uniquely Kansas thing. It says, stand taller than anyone else in the state. For you thrill seekers out there, Kansas is tallest point. <laughs> it's a, th- a thrill. Mount Sunflower. You, were, you can keep your... You're jumping out of planes, Brennan. Yeah. Are you up for, are you a big mountain climber, Colin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're a thrill seeker like that, you can go to, up. Uh, you can climb Mount Sunflower. It's, and it'll beckon you to its lofty heights. The top of Mount Sunflower stands at 19 feet. <laughs> 19 feet. Uh, amenities at the site include a plaque that says, on this site in 1897, nothing happened. <laughs> Oh, wait, it says as of 2015, the sign is missing, per, uh, assumed stolen. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> so check that. The sites are not there. Yeah. They're, they're stolen. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a fun fact about Mount Sunflower. The lowest point in Colorado is the same height as the highest point, Mount Sunflower, in Kansas. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I um, oh, By the way, Colin, uh, our viewers uh, on our special satellite feed can see this, but listeners can. I've provided a photo of... The beautiful Mount Sunflower because it, it is majestic. Mm-hmm. Here it is for you. Take a look. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll post that on the website for you guys if you want to see it. The person who took the photo uh, did a great job of leaving their car in the picture. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a. Describe a, what you're a, saying. An old dead, a couple of old dead trees mm-hmm. and then a poorly fashioned fence post. Um, and they've been used cattle panel and rocks. Mm-hmm. And it looks like some poorly. Poorly done welding work on what looks like a sunflower. It, How did they put it up on such a, such high, <laughs> tall, it's rocky? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ridic- that is a real thing, Mount Sunflower. Yep. Yep. Our last story for the day. The most impressive thing in this picture is the uh, Crown Vic <laughs> in the background. <laughs> the one tourist. Yeah. Also, there's a sign that says Mount Sunflower, and it's taken from the back, so it's reading backwards. The photographer has done a great job. Last story for the day, Colin obviously takes us back to football. 
Kansas Jayhawks had a big opportunity. As I mentioned earlier in the show, they played Iowa State, both teams sitting at one and eight. Yeah, this is, if Kansas is going to get that elusive second win, this mm-hmm. was the chance. And this scared me, folks, because I didn't know the Vanderbilt outcome when this game was going on. And if the Tigers lost, they'd be sitting at two wins on the season with no conference wins. And God damn it, if Kansas would get a conference win before us, that would be pretty devastating for mm-hmm. us. So it was a tough, close game, and the outcome turned out to be Kansas led throughout most of the game, but uh, they ended up losing 31-24. to Kansas, Kansas. They did indeed. So Iowa State's now 2-8 and eight with the conference win. Kansas Jayhawks still sitting winless for a second year in a row. It also, also might be worth mentioning that uh, Kansas's basketball team, the deity second only to Jesus Christ in that on that state, lost to Indiana. That's a shame. It's a real shame. Boy, but that's the only thing I look forward to is basketball season. Well, and Mount Sunflower. <laughs> I guess they do have that. All right, that'll do it for Kansas News this week. All right, Colin, let's go back to the Tigers because they're far more exciting than the fucking god-awful state of Kansas. Uh, why don't we read some tweets from this game because yeah, uh, we, we have an opportunity to do something that we haven't had to do in a long time, haven't gotten to do in a long time. Yeah, I mean... So we've been reading, you know, angry tweets from Mizzou fans in lieu of playing hashtag fuck Missouri, sour grapes. Sour grapes. But Mizzou finally beat an SEC opponent. Yes, we And did. though it's Vanderbilt, and I was skeptical that I would be able to find tweets mm-hmm. from Vanderbilt fans being, you know, shitty about losing to Mizzou because I wasn't actually sure that there are Vanderbilt fans, I was pleasantly surprised. Excellent. Now, listen, it's, it's, not, it's not beating Arkansas or Tennessee. Their fans are not that shitty and not that pig-headed but you know and certainly the tweets are spelled much much better right because it's vanderbilt but there were tweets out there and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy reports so we get to play after a long 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 gap hashtag fuck missouri sour grapes sour grapes all right colin what have you got for us all right let's start out here chase mccabe tweeted out how does vandy not beat missouri i just don't get this team so yeah, there you go. He was mm-hmm. oh, and hashtag fuck Missouri, obviously. Fuck yes. So uh, yeah, so he didn't get it. I really am. I mean, I know they don't know anything about Missouri football, and all I can see is our record. But Vanderbilt having really any confidence at all seems strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Watching Missouri players on a three and seven team singing and cheering with one another after a win over Vanderbilt in November. That's why I love college football. So, but understand that this is a Vanderbilt beat reporter. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's, I think it's a Tennessee beat reporter. He's being shitty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck yourself. Vandy is about to pull a Vandy and lose to Missouri. LOL. Hashtag fuck Missouri. That's from NQS88. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, Vandy62 wrote, SEC wants to us to lose to 2-7 and seven Missouri. Explain that. <laughs> I assume he's alluding to the poor call that uh, I think we can all admit was mm-hmm. pretty shitty. The little the, on the Jamon Moore, the fi- final touchdown. Jamon mm-hmm. Moore pushed off a little bit, and they actually called the penalty on Vanderbilt. So uh, good for yeah, us. Well, this is uh, this is related to a tweet I saw from Vandy Nation at Vandy for Life. It said officially done with football season. If that's not OPI, then I don't know what is. Officials are ruining the game of football. <laughs> they are. Goddamn those officials. <laughs> that one play call ruined the game of football. Vandy just lost to the worst team in the SEC. <laughs> they wow. have successfully reclaimed the title as worst football team in the East. Mm-hmm. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Fuck yourself. Yes, yes, indeed. It's hard to call us the worst team in football 
When we just beat you. Yep. Uh, Brett Bacon tweets, at Vandy Football, what do I tell my kids now? <laughs> hashtag fuck Missouri. Hashtag Trump train. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one I saw from Brian Fitz at Brian Logush, in all caps, mind you. Why is Mizzou the favorite over Vanderbilt? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Clearly, this was before the game, and I think they proved why they're the favorite, uh, because they won the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at Clan Fraser tweets, at Vandy Football, one SEC win is not okay. We should have beaten this team easily. It's really hard to watch us keep going backwards, not prepared to face a terrible Mizzou football team. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Fuck well, We may be terrible, Brennan. Mm-hmm. But we're not Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. There's another one that was before the game from, from Vandy Nation. He said, let's get to five wins today. Hashtag anchor down. Not, not today. Not today. Nate Holzelhoff tweets, it's the 80s all over again. We have a great president and Mizzou football sucks. Mm. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Mm. Fuck well, I think that's arguable. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well, I mean... I guess Mizzou kind of sucks right now, but uh, you know, not best, so better than Vanderbilt. And you can make your own determinations about precedent. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Craig McDaniel, Mizzou sucks. I don't want to hear about Mizzou football in the same thought of the SEC. And I don't even know. That doesn't, doesn't make much sense. Mm. But hashtag fuck Missouri. So, mm. yeah, they, again, uh, not SEC, Brennan. Fuck. SEC enough to beat a football, SEC football team. Oh, yeah. It's great. I mean, uh, it's great that Vanderbilt has just enough fans that we can... Uh, that one was not put start, together right? as well as I would hope a Vanderbilt fan would be. Able, obviously, not a Vanderbilt graduate. Mm, no, <laughs> I like this. Okay, one. Well, yeah, the thing about that guy is uh, nothing says SEC like Vanderbilt football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill underscore Mizzou ninety four. I like this one. ESPN should know to remove Mizzou's field goal target line. Irrelevant today. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Vandy versus Mizzou. So that was it. Wasn't sour grapes by yeah. a Vanderbilt fan. That was just a clever Mizzou fan. Yeah, it's worth uh, mentioning. Yeah, I enjoyed that thoroughly. <laughs> At Vanderbilt football, when your strengths become your weaknesses, you lose to Mizzou. Hashtag mm. fuck Missouri, Mr. Klein, at Mr. Klein. So, yep, 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 yep. Well, it's nice that, uh, it, uh, here's what's nice. If there's some way, magically, under a full moon in Kansas, that we can beat Tennessee, if this is the attitude that Vanderbilt fans have for having gotten beaten by us, you can imagine the gnashing of teeth and the pulling of hair that will be done by Tennessee fans if we can pull out that Oh, win. I can't wait. I can't wait. If I mean, listen, let's not get our hopes up. <laughs> I know, but goddamn, if it happens, the sour grapes are going to be so sour. Kay Klein tweets, how did we lose to Mizzou, you guys? Hashtag fuck Missouri. Mm-hmm. I can tell him how. Mm-hmm. 26 points. Yeah, we scored more points than you. Mm-hmm. That's how football works. <laughs> That's analysis. Yes. At M. Roberts writes, Vandy better beat Mizzou. There's no excuse to lose to them ever. Mm-hmm. Not a real SEC, or sorry, hashtag not a real SEC team. Mm-hmm. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Yeah. I think they may have missed the last couple of years whenever we had, uh, we won the SEC East. Yeah, I don't, listen, I would expect these sorts of tweets if we had been, you know, three and seven in the first years. I mean, we had a bad season our first, I mean, it just, we've had too much success in this league to, I don't know. I well, mean, the take shit are, from Vanderbilt fucking Well, fans. no doubt. Well, I mean, why are we not SEC? Because we're not Southern? Because... We have, or we're new because I don't understand because we're not winning enough or winning too much. I mean, where's the barometer for what constitutes an SEC team? Well, certainly if we're really, really bad and we beat your team, you need to lay off of the shit about us not belonging in the conference because what does that say about you, you fucktards? <laughs> I don't know what to make of this one. Seth Mueller tweets, I'm not saying the real Donald Trump, 
getting elected helped Mizzou get its first SEC win, but I'm not saying it didn't help either. <laughs> well, that's political analysis. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it couldn't hurt, I guess, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. We, listen, we only had one win before we had Donald Trump. We've mm-hmm. got Donald Trump. What? Hey. We Thanks, played, Obama. <laughs> we, you know, fuck that guy. We've played mm-hmm. one football game since Donald Trump has been elected president, Britain. Mm-hmm. And we won that football game. Yeah, batting a thousand. Yep. <laughs> that reminds me, remember last week I said that I uh, had the same number of SEC wins as Barry Odom. I'm very happy to say that that is not the case anymore. Thank you, Vanderbilt. Hey, now that Mizzou beat Vandy, does that mean we are demoted out of the SEC? It's been a pretty rough year for Missouri. Hashtag fuck Mizzou. So apparently losing to us is uh, constitute being kicked out of the SEC. Mm-hmm. I, how long do you think we have to be in the SEC before we are considered SEC? Well, progress in the South is moving at a, <laughs> is at a glacial, glacial pace. So I think we'd have to be there for several, several decades before we're accepted. Oh, I like this one. Sarah Marsh tweeted, I want at Kentucky football to win the SEC East so damn bad. If Mizzou can do it, why can't Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, why can't you? So that's what we call a backhanded compliment. Uh-huh. Yes, it you is. Know, it points out the fact that we did win the SEC mm-hmm. East twice. And I'll point out that Kentucky won't win it again this year. Ever. Yeah. In our lifetime, probably. Mizzou is easily the worst SEC team in the league right now. They will not win an SEC game this year. This was tweeted about 30 minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. Hot so, take. Yeah, hot take. Um, this was Vanderbilt Smoke tweeted this too. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, I checked his uh, Twitter account after the loss. He did not tweet anything mm-hmm. after that. He did not rectify this situation. Mizzou may have beaten Vandy. But they don't deserve to play in a Power 5 conference, let alone the SEC. (laughs) Their play is absolutely pitiful. This is a Vanderbilt fan after losing to us. Right. Keep in mind, it's not like we were in the MAC and then got into the SEC. We were in a Power 5 conference. And competitive in that conference. Yeah, (laughs) the entire entire existence. Where did they think we were? Kyle Bale writes, fuck you guys, you're not even Southern. Okay. Great, we can read. (laughs) Yeah, well, sorry for being Midwestern. And to uh, round out uh, hashtag fuck Missouri sour grapes, Doug W. tweets, Vandy loses toilet bowl to Mizzou. Bowl hopes flushed for Vandy. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Fuck so that rounds out hashtag uh, fuck Missouri sour grapes. Sour grapes. Um, it's not as exciting as I'd like it to be. Mm. You know, it's I, something's still missing for me, Brennan. Mm-hmm. When I when we did this segment, I just I don't feel it right now. It's not as funny or mm-hmm. as fun or as is. Well, there's there's not the passion there in Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, just that's the, what I'm alluding to. So yeah. let's all let's all say a prayer to whoever we pray to. Mm-hmm. Jeebus, Allah, Donald um, Trump, Donald Trump. You know, whomever. Mm-hmm. Let's say a prayer tonight that mm-hmm. we beat Tennessee. Oh, man, if there's no other reason to be Tennessee. The whole show might be sour grapes. I mean, because the <laughs> tweets will be so numerous. Oh, and so vitriolic. Oh, and so, just, I, I so mean, mad. Just not understanding how the world works anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's. it'll be confusing. It'll be confusing. Though. Not my SEC. No, no, yeah. no. Don't even deserve to be SEC. That's right. If Vanderbilt doesn't just think we deserve to be SEC, imagine what Tennessee will think. Oh, it'll be, it'll be glorious. All right, Colin, let's uh, let's take our final break for the night, and then let's get to Around the Horn with the SEC and dish out some awards. What do you say? Sounds good. All right, this is the Mazodcast. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well... 
For a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. Biggest disaster in Colombia since the fifth down game. The Mazad cast. Jesus loves football. All right, Colin, it's time to go around the horn with the SEC. And, of course, that means we need to fire up our good friend, the old Paul Finebot. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right, you ready to go, Paul? Let's get started. I think we shall. The first game we've got on the docket is Texas A&M, number eight in the country, against Ole Miss. And I think you mentioned, Colin, that uh, one thing that Texas A&M has been known for like the last four years is they start out really strong, and then they peter out, and they thought maybe they'd do something different against an Ole Miss team who's been struggling this year, So, uh, especially being in College Station. So did you see how that game turned out? Yes, I did. And uh-huh. – um, I don't know why anyone has any other expectation for Texas A&M at this mm-hmm. point. They yeah. just do what they do. Yeah, yeah they, they're Gary Pinkle-esque. They, they do what they do. Seven and one with uh, only loss being against Alabama. They lost unexpectedly last weekend against Ole Miss. They lost twenty nine to twenty eight. Yeah, not, if I was a gambling man, I would have bet against Texas A&M in this game. They <laughs> Ole Miss scored 23 fourth-quarter points to beat them. 23 of their 29 points were scored in the fourth quarter. So that oh, hurts. What a brutal loss. Speaking of brutal losses, uh, Alabama played Mississippi State at Alabama, and I think you can probably guess the way this one turned out. Mississippi State not good on the year, and they lost to Alabama 51-3. to Yeah, I heard a little talk like after a big SEC win against LSU and that this might be a bit of a letdown game mm-hmm. and maybe Alabama could be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I, the people making that argument, I thought, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Alabama play? Yeah. When's the last time you saw a Nick Saban coach team let down? Mm-hmm. I feel like Nick Saban. I feel like he keeps members of their the players' families hostage. Like, mm-hmm. and like you're not going to let down, or I will murder a family member. Nick Saban. There's that level of fear in his players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alabama's rolling on. They actually captured the West with that win. Alabama. Shocking. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to another big West team, Auburn, number nine in the country, heading in towards what might be a big Iron Bowl. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk this year about just how bad the East is compared to the West. Mm -hmm. They have not done well at all. They played Georgia, who is not looking good this year at all. They were three and four going into this game. They beat Auburn 13 to seven. Yeah, this makes no sense. I honestly thought Auburn was well overranked at number Mm -hmm. nine or whatever they are this week, but because they had looked pretty shitty early on in the season. But, man, losing to Georgia is a black mark on your schedule. You're right about that. Yeah, Auburn is uh, going to drop significantly in the rankings. As well they should. Another game that just ended not too long ago for us, LSU played Arkansas. There's a number 24 versus number 25. It was at Arkansas. team that we did play and lost badly to, to a team we're going to finish the season with in Arkansas. Arkansas got thumped 38-10. to 10. Yeah, I kind of saw this one coming. LSU lost a tough one to Alabama, and I'm sure they were uh, ready to take out some vengeance on the uh, 
hogs. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, the next game on the docket, uh, the next two games, actually, the final two games of the, the week were uh, had big implications for the SEC East, who's going to go to Atlanta. Florida played South Carolina. And South Carolina, a crud team, uh, got beat 20-7 to by the Gators. Yep, sure did. Uh-huh. Uh, next was Tennessee versus Kentucky. This is an interesting one in that Kentucky poured on 36 points against the Volunteers. Yep. But they had no defense at all, and Tennessee put up 49. So lost 49-36 uh, to 36 to the Vols. So uh, Tennessee and Florida both pad their records and going into uh, the final part of the season. Yeah, there's going to be more Mizzou fans in Florida next week than uh, there ever has been before. <laughs> uh, next week, we've got uh, looking ahead to Georgia versus Louisiana Lafayette, a real fucking turd burger of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're going to go ahead and pick Georgia for that one. I think that goes without saying. Georgia. Uh, another game that uh, looks like nothingness is Texas A&M versus Texas San Antonio. Well, I think Texas San Antonio is the same team that beat Middle Tennessee last week, Brent, so <laughs> watch exactly, out. That's exactly right. Because we all know how, uh, how stout uh, Middle Tennessee is. So what are you going to pick, San Antonio? I think I'll stick with Texas A&M this okay, time. Okay, well, how do you, you, Paul? Texas A&M. Okay. Um, and then we got a real key game for uh, the East, and this is the reason I do think Tennessee is going to pull out the, uh, the SEC East crown. Florida takes on LSU. At yeah, LSU. I will be rooting for Florida hard in this game, but I can't see a scenario where LSU loses to Florida. No, and as if you might remember, this is the game that was postponed earlier in the season due to the hurricane that blew through Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pushed back, and now it's going to be played at LSU instead of at Florida, which makes things even more difficult for the Gators. Yeah, and again, Florida's got no quarterback play, and... Uh, they're a talented team, but LSU should spank their high knees. You're right about that. Thanks, Paul. All righty. So we're going to move on to South Carolina, who's going to be playing Western Carolina, which obviously is not a state. Mm-hmm. No. And so uh, Western Carolina is 2-8, and eight, so I looked for Georgia to try and go 6-5 and five on the season. You mean South Carolina? South Carolina, sorry. is God, uh, fucking dumb, dumb. All right, South Carolina should go 6-5. and five. Uh, all these non-conference games so late in the season. Yeah, I'll say one thing for the Big 12 schedule was we got all this shit out of the way early, Yeah. whereas the SEC likes to sprinkle them throughout the season. I hate that. Next game, 5-5 five and five, Kentucky will be taking on 0-10 and 10, Austin P. I'd say that bodes well for Kentucky. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say so. Kentucky. Arkansas will be playing Mississippi State, a team that's six and four versus a team that's four and six, both two and four in conference. I'll take the Hogs. I think Mississippi State is terrible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it'd be interesting if they don't perform well because like, they're just on the horizon for us. Yeah, they lost uh, tonight, and they lost to Mississippi State. It'd be nice if their season would fall apart just mm-hmm. in time to play the Tigers. Brett Bielham has got it in. Paul, what do you think? Arkansas. Yeah, okay. Next game. Oh, God, this is going to be brutal. Alabama is going to be playing Chattanooga. Mm, yeah. Chattanooga is 8-2, and two, Colin. So. Wow. Well, then I'm sure they'll give Alabama a game. Yeah. Uh, Paul, don't even want to ask you, but who do you think is going to win this one? Alabama. 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 Yeah. So that's a safe bet. Yeah. What do you think the spread is on this game? 400? <laughs> 600 points? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Alabama will win by at least 50 points. Yeah. I, I like that bet. Yeah, I mm-hmm. bet you do, Paul. Auburn, another non-conference game, Alabama A&M. So Auburn, after coming off the rough loss to Georgia, will be taking on mighty Alabama Mm A&M. Of course, we're going to pick Auburn for that one. And then 
our good friends at Vanderbilt will be taking on Ole Miss in Nashville. Yeah, Ole Miss is just schizophrenic enough that I could see Vanderbilt winning this game. And they certainly need to if they're going to hang on to any chance of going to a bowl. Well, one thing we didn't talk about when we were going over the game is how Vanderbilt really frittered away this game with dumb penalties mm-hmm. and bad turnovers. I mean, they they gave it to us as much as we took it. So You know what else I didn't mention about this game is that uh, Derek Mason, their coach, has no neck. Mm. <laughs> yeah, strange. Much like Ed Ogeron. Yeah, he is uh, strange. He does not have a neck. It's yeah. An anatomical anomaly. You don't need a neck to lose football games. No, you sure don't. Yeah. So, Paul, who do you expect to win that game? Ole Miss. Okay, fair enough. And then final game for this week would be the mighty University of Missouri Tigers versus the Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville. Well, I don't expect them to win. I do not think they will win. Um, but I think there's a chance they can win. It's not 0%. I don't agree. Well, I don't expect anyone to agree with this who lives outside of the state of Missouri. Yes, sir. But, um, you know, the the offense is, seems to be getting some things right. My biggest concern with this offense is will receivers manage to get open against a team with the caliber of players that Tennessee has because that has been a problem. We yeah. play good football teams and uh, the passing game seems to get completely shut down. So Yeah, as the season's worn on, though, the – it seems like Drew Locke has been looking at more receivers than just Jamon Moore. Hopefully that will continue, and hopefully some of those guys can actually get open. But uh, I'm going to root for Missouri to win, but I'm not going to call for Missouri Well, and I agree with Barry Odom to a certain extent that Butch Jones can make a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's seen Josh Dobbs have uh, bad games. I mean, there's a combination of things that could happen that would make this a Missouri win. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. Paul. So, uh, Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Tennessee. Okay. No surprise there. All right, that'll do it for uh, this week's Around the Horn with the SEC. So let's move ahead to our uh, awards segment of the show. We're going to talk about first our uh, Douche of the Week candidate, Colin. All right. Douche, douche of the week. week. What are your thoughts? Who do you think is a strong candidate for this week's Douche of the Week? I mean... I mean, part of me wants to say Tucker McCann douched hard, but it wasn't really a douche move. It was just a total incompetence, really, for the Tigers. But uh, I also saw that uh, West Virginia's coach threw a complete and total fucking hissy fit on the sidelines. Did you see that, Colin? No, I did not. Yeah, he called in goes away, and he absolutely went berserk and lost his fucking shit. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, yeah, I can see douchey, that, but yeah. I could I can go I can get down with that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing you've got to worry about Barry Odom. I don't think you're ever going to see him make a complete horse's ass of himself yeah. on the sidelines, at least at this point. I, I have a personal person I could throw in, a Jenny Whiteloff, who's a, a at Jenny49 underscore Casey underscore Mizzou. Big part in college football she had. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was tweeting about the game, and uh, mm-hmm. I had made a tweet in jest that said, well, if we lose by one, I'm going to be forced to murder Tucker McCann. Mm. And obviously it's a joke. Is it? A joke that's in poor, poor taste. Well, well, it's most of yours are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she quote tweeted me and said, I see the classy Mizzou fans are out today. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then she went after another individual, oh, one of our listeners, uh, uh, at Tigers underscore SEC. How on earth does Tucker McCann have a scholarship a sixth grader could make an extra point uh, that he can't? Hashtag Mizzou. And she put, here's another classy Mizzou fan. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she's... There's a theme with her. But, Brendan, this is where it takes an interesting turn. Mm-hmm. Turn for douchery, maybe? So she quotes, t- tweets, the arbiter of all things Twitter, mm-hmm. Gabe Diarman. Right. Yes. So The boss of Twitter. D- Gabe Diarman pr- pretty, uh, makes a pretty innocuous tweet, just 
Tucker McCann misses a PAT wide right. Can't imagine any reason Mizzou should attempt a place kick the rest of the year. And she quote tweeted this and put, I can't imagine any reason you should attempt to tweet for the rest of the decade. Wow. Yeah, so she goes after Cabe. Mm-hmm. She, 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 That's a she turned prop- the tables there. It's a dangerous proposition going after the master. Well, I mean, apparently she doesn't know that Gabe is the only one that's allowed to be mm-hmm. you know, negative. negative about the football team. So but she didn't stop there. <laughs> okay. She's busy. She then goes after our another good friend of the show, Dave Matter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dave Matter put, that's the fourth missed PAT for the Missouri this year. Unreal. <laughs> she quote tweeted and said, at Dave Matter, <laughs> what's unreal is the fact that you still have a job. Please move to Kansas. Mm. While I don't disagree with the sentiment, mm-hmm. it's like I, she's just going off on everybody. Is she Tucker McCann's mom? Well, and this is the last in the string of these tweets, Brennan. And okay. you'll enjoy this one because you enjoy yourself a good Pollyanna tweet. Mm-hmm. At Tucker McCann, I know you've been struggling this season, but keep your head up. I believe in you. Hashtag M-I-Z. Good for you. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to nominate this gal just because, I mean, she's mm-hmm. going after everybody's nuts and then right. giving Tucker McCann lots of love. So What's her name? Jenny White Love? I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Uh, let's... We don't know who you are. Neither does anyone else. But I think care. <laughs> nobody <laughs> cares. We're going to just go ahead and call you Douche of the Week. Sure, why not? Douche of the Week. All right. Well, let's move on to Player of the Game. How about that, Colin? And as you know, these, this award is named after our good friend Kirk Farmer and his glorious, glorious mop of hair. Yeah, I don't. Brendan, I'm running out of adjectives, honestly, to describe the beauty mm-hmm. and magnificence that mm-hmm. is this man's hair. But. It is magnificent. Mm. That is the reason we name this award for his hair. The excellence that is personified by his hair is personified by this player each week. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Interesting question here, because we had more than one player have a Mm -hmm. good game tonight. I think the first thing you have to say is uh, Crockett, again, King of the Wild Frontier, ran it up again on Vanderbilt and reignited our running game. He did. Uh, I think it was his fourth game with over 100 yards rushing. And a huge part of the win. Absolutely. I hate to even say his name in this context, but Jamon Moore had to have two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Charles Harris, once again, was Charles Harris. Two and a half sacks. Yeah, it's amazing when you get a win, how many more candidates you have for this award. Yep. Um, obviously, Corey Fatoni. Corey Fatoni. I think one thing in particular, the kick late in the game where he pinned Vanderbilt like back on their own four, and then he took a brutal hit, which was late, and they drew a penalty. It didn't even matter. It didn't stop him. It can't stop Fatoni. Yeah, it actually got the crowd chanting M- MVP. MVP. For, for MVP. Yeah, and with good cause. So, Well, I think, you know, he a little bit under the radar tonight. I'm not sure why, but Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, Drew Locke's the guy that threw these touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he didn't have any really boneheaded mistakes. No interceptions. And, uh, most of his incompletions seemed to come at the hands of drops. Yeah. So what do you say? Uh, you, know, you mentioned Nate Howard. Yeah. I mean, Nate Howard had a sack and some pressures. He had a good game. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Crockett. I yeah. mean, I think as much as anybody, all these guys contributed in a positive way, but Crockett more so than just about anybody else. Yeah, it's in, in a game like this, it is a shame that you can't give it to more than one guy because half the time we're struggling to find one guy mm-hmm. who... That has uh, been a problem of late. Yeah, and so, but I mean, I, th- I just don't think you can look past the fact that we've got a freshman running back who looks to be the future of this program, mm-hmm. and he displayed why tonight. So I think we're going to go ahead and offer the Kirk Farmer's Hair Award again to Demario Crockett. King of the Wall Frontier. Mm-hmm. 
So I think I think that's pretty much everything on the schedule for tonight, Colin. Anything yeah, else you want to add? No, no, not really. Yeah. Just uh, let's beat Tennessee. God damn, let's beat Tennessee. Oh, man, it's been my Super Bowl. It's the thing I've wanted as we lose and lose and lose. For some reason, I keep optimism that we can beat the Volunteers. Yeah, lightning can strike. Yeah, indeed. So I guess it's that part of the show where we say follow us on Twitter. Yep, at Zodcast. Uh, Find us on iTunes. Give us a review. We enjoy mm-hmm. that. Go to the website. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, actually, at gmail.com. we're actually on Instagram right now, though yeah. we don't post any pictures, so I'm not sure why we did that. <laughs> but we're there. Again, so at Mazodcast. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, do all of those things, uh-huh. and um, we will see you next week. Yeah, we want to hear from you. So till then, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Fold that thing over and leave the squirting end out.